Hello, Salt River. Hello, Lehigh. Hello, SRPMIC. Welcome back to another episode of OAN Connects. My name is Jessica Joaquin, and I am an OAN staff member. I kind of do a bunch of things. Today, I am here with Marissa Johnson, who is also a staff member with OAN. Her title is news reporter, but she kind of does a bunch of things as well. How are you doing, Marissa? I'm all right. I'm all right. It's getting hot out there right now, so I'm just trying to stay out of the heat. Out of the heat and the AC. Heck yeah, that's pretty yeah. much everybody right now, right? Yeah, we're in the triple digits right now. It's crazy. Oh, Even during the night. Even during the night. Yeah, that's insane. Hopefully everybody that's out there is trying their best to stay cool. I know some people kind of go up north to get that cool weather. I was actually up towards Flagstaff over the weekend. So uh, I was enjoying weather in the 80s. It was probably 50 at night. It was absolutely wonderful. So, you know, it it was great to get away for a second. (laughs) Yeah. Well, you know, with everything going on, um, you know, our whole, I guess just going into it, our whole staff does a bunch of things. And we recently redesigned our OAN website. And you guys can go and view that at autumnnews.org. That's O-O-D-H-A-M-N-E-W-S dot O-R-G. And we're also on Facebook and Instagram. So you can find us on social media now, facebook.com slash autumn action news and at autumn action news on instagram so you know with the launching of the new website the launching of social media you know putting out our paper doing all this stuff it was uh, a much needed kind of quick getaway to kind of reset the mind and and get some cool weather so it was really really nice for sure that sounds relaxing it definitely was and um Kind of going back to Instagram, you know, if you guys kind of don't know who we are, what we look like, you can head over to Instagram. We posted like these sort of mini bios on there of everybody on our OAN staff. And I know like you only hear us. We're only in your ear. So if you want to put a face to the name, you can go over and look at our pictures for all of our entire staff. I know we we introduced Chris last last episode or the episode before that and said you know if you see Mm -hmm. him out there why don't you go say hi and welcome him to the community and all this and that but then it's like oh well we don't know what chris looks like you could head (laughs) over to instagram you could check out all of our recent posts and you can see pictures of oan staff but um yeah so i wanted to bring it up to you marissa you know in these like kind of mini bios that we had posted um we were asked three questions and one was one quirky fact about you. Your answer was that you love traveling to Japan to eat all the yummy food. So, hey, tell sure. us tell us about that food and and can is it something that we can try here? What do you like eating over there? <laughs> I think if you can find it, there is um, this dessert is called taiyaki, and what it is, it's uh, imagine two pancakes and inside. There's either chocolate, custard, or red bean, and they sandwich it together. So it's just a sweet pancake with a filling inside. And it's uh, it's like dessert, or is it like candy? Like it's a it's a a dessert. It's 
it's um it comes in the shape of a fish it sounds funny and weird and it probably look intimidating but it's just this little sweet treat that's very well known in japan very popular in japan so do you eat it with uh, like a like a fork or is it like a cookie you just eat it with your hands it's like an ice cream so they oh. put it in the fish and then they close it up the fish they put it in the fish shaped bread i have to clarify that yeah not and the fish they close it up. <laughs> yeah. They close it up and you just eat it as if it was an ice cream. <laughs> oh, that sounds good. And have you found any place around here that actually serves that? Yeah, actually, there's this place out in Chandler. Uh, same concept, but they add ice cream on top of it. So it's the same thing. It'll be like this custard vanilla inside the sweet bread. And then they top it off with ice cream and whatever else you want on top, like uh, strawberries, Oreo cookie crumbles, stuff like that. Oh, man, that sounds yummy, especially right now, considering how hot it is. Mm -hmm. It's delicious. Very delicious. Awesome. Okay, well, you know what? Let's just jump into what this episode's about. So I know you got a story for us. Uh, you, you had an interview with a couple different people regarding this. So go ahead and let us know um, what you got. All righty. So... The ripening of the bylodge, or saguaro fruit, marks the beginning for the autumn and pipash new year. These fruits are grown on top of the saguaro cactus and are a sweet treat that can be eaten raw or made into jams and syrups. We had a chance to speak to SRP MIC member Jonathan Curry on his first dodge harvest experience. Well, this, this harvest that I took part in this, this year, I was actually invited by, by my, my long lost cousin, uh, Andrew Pedro, anyways, he invited me out to to help him out because, um, really, when you, when you harvest, you want it to kind of be a lot of people. Like, it's it's easier to to just have like your whole immediate family do it, um, so then you got, you know it's time for you guys to spend time together and really really take part in you know the culture and tradition. But really, you know, it's best to have you know more than one person out there so you can get more fruit and. Um, but yeah, so he asked me to come out and see his process and give him a hand picking more fruit. So that's what uh, that's what we did, and uh, we we went out there for two days, one after the other. And the first day, uh, we met, and uh, he already had his his koi put made. Uh, we just went out there and strapped them together and, and fixed them up. Just really going here and there, you know, to cactuses that we saw where the fruit was ripe. You want you know when the fruit is ripe when it's when it's red or real pink on the outside, or even when they're open. Good sign is like for me like I look for is like when the birds are up there eating, they you know oh there's some up there you can go check it out. Um, but it's really labor intensive because like how long the koi put is 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 like you you know it really strains your arms and your back. Um, we picked as many as we can on the first day. We got about um, a five gallon bucket full. And the second day, we we only stayed till out till about maybe ten or eleven. I started it started getting really hot. I started kind of getting dizzy, so we went back and just uh, separated the 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 fruit the, the fruit from the skins. Then the second day, we got about uh, a bucket and a half. Some of them, some of them that we picked, they were still pink, but they weren't they weren't ripe yet. The, the fruit still wasn't ready inside. So it's always best to find the ones that are you know already open or opening are real big and plump. You can really tell that they're ready. When I was out there, I, I used the, the, the koi put and 
uh, there was this one cactus had a real big fat fruit like that. It was like that big. And uh, I say about the size of a baseball, but I don't know, might be an exaggeration. But I poked it, I poked it with the hoi, but to try to knock it down, it just burst it open. All the, all the juices and the fruit just went all over. Like a, like a, like a, like a, what do they call those? Fruit gushers or whatever. That's what it reminded me of, like those commercials. And uh, so that was cool. But yeah, so that was my first time, you know, going out and actually even tasting the fruit. It's got to taste the fruit, fresh fruit and the, the drun, the dried, the dried uh, pulp or fruit inside. Got to try that. Uh, the second day, the second day was when we, we cooked it. We made it into sit or, or syrup and uh, that was an all day thing. Then then we went back and we separated the fruit from the skins and put it all into a big bowl. And then right away we <clears throat> had the fire going and had a big uh, big pot and put the fruit in there and filled it with, with water. Just 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 so just above the fruit itself and we cooked it till it was about till the, the pulp started separating from the juice and and the, the pulp looked real red like like blood like blood red really bright vibrant red and uh then that's how you could tell it's ready and then from there um put it into a strain like a, a just a handkerchief i've heard people using like cheesecloth or even like a pillowcase but just a handkerchief and put that over a bowl and then um, pour the the pulp and the juice over it and then let it run into the bowl through the cloth and then from there take take it and, and squeeze it squeeze it so squeeze the pulp and the seeds to all the juice make all the juice come out some people just let it sit and just let it drip um, i guess it makes the the syrup more clearer strained it through the through the cloth and then we put all that juice that we squeeze, squeezed out we put it back on the fire but not directly on off to the side like a medium high heat let that cook, let it cook, and it starts to starts to foam up. You keep stirring it, and it starts to get thicker and thicker as you cook it. And that's when you start to see it start sticking to the spoon and starts look looks like you're dipping your spoon in like a like a bucket of uh, or a pot of um, maple syrup or something. Then it starts to get darker. The syrup starts to get darker, like a dark brown almost, really dark maroon red. That's when you know it's almost ready when it starts getting real dark and getting real sticky on the spoon. Yeah. And it starts foaming up. Just keep stirring it. Just keep stirring it so it doesn't stick to the pot. And then that was it. And then we were done. Just put it put it in jars. Split it. We split it. We got one jar. I got one jar. And uh, yeah, that was pretty much it. Next, we speak to Gila River Indian community member Antonio Davis on what the Bailage fruit represents. Uh, Antonio Davis. Hello, everybody. My name is Antonio Davis. I'm uh, from here, from Vaaki, um, here in the Hill River Indian community. I guess for myself, it, it, it's something that you kind of want to defer back to um, reaching out to those elders in, the, in our communities that have this knowledge about the harvest, why we do it, what are some of the family traditions or, or community uh, uh, traditions. Um, and it's always going back and kind of challenging everybody to, hey, go ahead, go and try it. But ask these people, whether they be elderly, uh, mothers and fathers, cousins, or just, just elders in the community that you may, may know that they have this knowledge. Um, and again, everything is, is different. It's just on a, it just depends who, who you ask. This is the way I do it. it. Doesn't mean that Gok's right, you're wrong, or vice versa. It's just all diversity. 
there's different things. Maybe there's not an abundance of Palo Verde in, in certain regions of uh, of our urban communities that we can't use that. We have to use mesquite. And then also incorporating the the new year, the autumn new year. As some people might recognize it as the the first moon of the summer solstice. Some of them may wait until after their harvest is done within their family to actually announce their new year. Their what what they recognize as as the new year, you know. So it so it's different, you know, and it's it's really cool seeing that on um it it it's kind of a um. I don't want to say energy booster, like a uh, morale booster. Pretty much during this time, it, it could be really hard. It could be pretty depressing, just really tough. Just really having that connection and making it yours and, and having it be your own family tradition, but something that we carry on because it does make, in a spiritual point of, point of it, it does make the creator happy, the not become the environment because the way I look at it is that all those harsh and are are they're hundreds, hundreds of years old, and to think about uh, them, like kind of how they say the man if the walls can talk, you know, these Hashan have seen a lot of development, uh, you know, sapokum chipapokum. They've seen the good and the bad, you know, that came through our communities, and they're 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 our our elders, they're living beings, and it it kind of. I like to look at it as um, our elders in our communities. They 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 like to have those conversations. They like to they like company. They like to invite you in and give you coffee if you're a coffee drinker, or have a pastry, or eat, or just just be, just to be in good company. And the same thing with these hush and to be in com- good company with them and pick them and let them know that you're still there. You still do care. Because even there's different ways of picking them and to to leave the pots there. Take the and leave the pots, but also give thanks, sing to them, um, talk to them, say a prayer for all of them because they're they're out there, they're out there enduring, enduring too. Those were awesome interviews, Marissa. And um, if you guys head over to the OAN website, you'll see some pretty cool imagery. Um, were you the one that took those photos, Marissa? No, actually, um, Jonathan Curry, he is the one that took those photos and you can also see them on his Instagram page. And as he goes into detail about the Baidash harvest. Have you actually done any of the harvesting or um, jam creation or any sort of anything like that? Yeah, my first time was last year. I went with the Healer of Indian community um, for the same thing, uh, for an article, and I got to take part and gathering, cooking, and I met some really nice people along the way that I'm still friends with today. That's awesome. Is there a place, you know, if if any community member wanted to actually learn about this and go and do it, how can they get involved in doing that? For sure, cultural resources department would be one source. And then another source would be the people that we interviewed, which is Jonathan Robert Curry and Antonio Davis because they're more than happy to share their knowledge and pass it on to other members who are curious. All right. That sounds really, really good. So, well, we want to thank you all for being here with us today and again, listening to the OAN podcast. We wish everyone well and remember to wear your masks and everything like that. And I think that about does it for us. Are you, you got anything else, Marissa? 
I'm good. All right. We will catch you in the next episode. All right. Have a good one.